Hey, well, friends, welcome back to the podcast. We're delighted that you've decided to join us. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, the centers of intelligence or the triads of the Enneagram over the next several uh, episodes. And we're going to be actually interviewing some folks that are within that triad. Today, we're going to be talking about the head center, uh, which is types fives, six, and sevens, which, if I'm honest, on the Enneagram simple, that is the best neighborhood to be in. Well, well why don't we dive into the sixty world? The sixty world. Okay. Here we go, Adam. So Hope you're ready. This... <laughs> I don't Hope think we're ever ready. ready. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. I'm I Is a six is a six ever really ready? <laughs> well, actually your guys are way more than ready. You don't think Deep you are. Thing. We don't realize but it. When you guys are in the situation, whatever the mm-hmm. situation is you're ready. Like the rest of us are freaking out because we didn't prepare. <laughs> yeah. Because we did, we did all our freaking out, you know, Beforehand. every other day. Yeah. yeah all the time. And then in the, in the moment of crisis, we're, we're calm, cool and collected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for the sixes, you guys, you know, when you're healthy, you think systematically and can predict potential problems. You are very loyal and committed to friends, uh, to family, to those that, you know, you have a lot of admiration for um, and you look for similar qualities in others to be that for you, and that brings security and that connection with others. But um, at the beginning, um, like, well, when there's a struggle beginning, you can have a lot of doubt that arises and you feel that, oh, I've got to have, you know, a solid ability to make good decisions, but you're not feeling that you have, I should say, you're not thinking, <laughs> you're not thinking you have the right information uh, to make those decisions. And so you look outside yourselves for, let's say, permission. It's a lot of, it's kind of like the common word. I think a lot of sixes think I need permission from an authority figure or, or a belief system that I trust in to help pave the way for me, to help me know that I'm making a good decision. And so there's this dependency on someone that they trust to help them to feel guided, secured, and supported in the decisions that they're actually going to make. Now, what's interesting is sixes, um, they actually know the decision they want to make. And so they'll go around looking for someone basically to give them that permission. That's why permission is such a big thing. Cause they're they're If they talk to three people and two of them are taking them on a different path that they actually weren't going to make that decision, they kind of discount them like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then the person that kind of lands like in agreement with the six, it's like, okay, good. I got the permission. I'm okay to move forward. And so it's just really interesting how – now, that's not all the time. If the six really is genuinely curious and has nothing to go off of, of course, they're very teachable. But if they do have that intuition inside or that thought process they want to move forward, they're really kind of looking for the person to say, yeah, go for it. Um, Now, you might find um, that you need someone to protect or to help you to feel secure. But the sad thing about that is the more that they're seeking protection and security – from anyone, the more actually they can struggle inside because they can start to feel suspicious, fearful, and doubting towards others, even if they're allies or supporters, because they're not always going to be able to come through for the six in the way that they really hope or they, they feel like they need to. And so all of a sudden it's like, well, can I trust this person? They didn't come through for me last time. And so it brings up a lot of suspiciousness for the sixes, which creates insecurity, and then they start to feel desperate in looking for even more resources. And so their mind then starts spinning out of control. And where all of this is really coming from is 
the sixes inner committee. So mm-hmm. the sixes have an inner committee. I mean, we all have, you know, mm-hmm. an inner, you know, voice or um, a way of thinking, but theirs is really loud and it's chiming in from all different uh, viewpoints. And they're very convincing that all these scenarios could play out and be a catastrophe. And so they feel like they have to be mindful of all of it, but they don't know which direction to go to secure security, which Security. I, I, like you nailed it. Yeah. I mean, that was actually a really good phrase. <laughs> I was like, when that yes. came out, I was like, is that? that? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so they want to secure security. and But who should they listen to? And what is the actual yeah. truth? And that just that brings up a lot of fear. And so here we're talking about the head triad, triad of fear or anxiety and security. Mm-hmm. So Adam, I'd love to hear from you. One, how did this all kind of land on you? And two, what is that like to experience the inner committee who, again, like we were talking about with Renee, it's a slippery slope. How does the inner committee take you down a path of constant worry and constant new situations that you're thinking of that could go wrong? And how do you then navigate that? Mm, it definitely lands. My new phrase, by the way, is going to be, I'm trying, I'm at, I'm, I, I am trying to secure security. That's my new phrase. <laughs> and I want to feel safe safely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to feel, you know, I want to feel safe safely. It's because it, feeling safe is vulnerable. It's vulnerable to actually trust that. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm safe. Yeah. Um, it all lands. You know, I definitely, I definitely find myself overanalyzing, um, you know, living out of my head, which exaggerates the anxiety. My wife likes to, likes to say that I have the gift of overthinking. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, but it does, it does fuel the anxiety because, you know, and I know this, but I, but, but it's hard to stop. Uh, mm-hmm. but no matter how hard you try, you just can't, you can't think everything through, you know, you can't, you can't think of every possibility. Um, you can't chase everything down, you know, to its possible conclusion, um, and so it creates, it can create a life of, of worry and anxiety. I think when I'm aligned, you know, with the truth of the gospel, when I'm living in that healthy place, I think that my thinking things through is a gift, honestly, yeah. you know, it, it, it helps me prepare, you know, f- let me back up. Cause I'm, 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 I, there's so much I want to say and I'm, I'm trying to be concise, but fear, fear is a gift in of itself and, mm-hmm. and fear can lead to the gift of preparation and wisdom. You know, I, I don't. I think I've said this maybe on the podcast before, but a, a mentor of mine used to say to me, um, "If I'm going to go to war, I want to go to war with people who are afraid, and they know they're afraid. Mm. Because if they're afraid and they're they're attuned to their fear, they're going to prepare. <laughs> <You know? Sure. laughs> they're going to make sure they have all their ammo, and they're going to make sure they know what their assignment is, and they're going to think everything through, and they're yeah. going to be prepared. And so fear." can lead to the gift of preparation and wisdom if they're not afraid or they're not attuned to how afraid they actually are, then they're going to go out there on the battlefield with some kind of bravado or something that's going to get themselves killed and put their, their, their teammates in a compromising position. So I think the, the thinking things through, which is usually coming from a place of fear can be a gift. The problem is, uh, to co- bring it back to the inner committee, when I'm misaligned, the inner committee is so loud, the voices are so strong, and the, the, all the different scenarios, there are so many, um, it causes a great deal of anxiety. And not only for me, but within my family system, you know, the people who live with me have to tolerate it. <laughs> so, um, 
And you, you asked the question of how do I navigate that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let's, let's see if you can think of a scenario because as a six, yeah. what, okay. I am surrounded by sixes on yeah. my team, my you, husband, you my that, son. With such joy I know. <laughs> yes. Like it was yes. almost a confession of blessedness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so my team, you, my son, my best friend, my mom. I mean, we're probably a lot like fire ants. I remember Richard Rohr once saying, like, <laughs> sixes are the most plentiful on the Enneagram. Like, Which we're just, we're just true, everywhere. But... Like, you just yeah. can't get away from us. Yeah. Right. Yes. But here's what I want to say. And hopefully this is this will land on you sixes as affirming. And I say that because it's hard hopefully. for sixes to hopefully. receive affirmation, right? So go go ahead, Beth. Sixes are some of the most discerning types mm-hmm. that I know, but they don't believe yeah. that they're discerning. So they look yeah. outside themselves for security, for mm-hmm. truth. And yeah. I'm like, but you're the one that has it. I mean, like my mom growing up, I was yeah, always it, astounded it by her discernment. It doesn't feel like discernment. What does it feel like? Um, you've got a number of different things going on in your mind. And there's the one thing that you may have shared that had insight, Mm -hmm. but there's 50 other thoughts in there (laughs) and you don't really know what's real and what's not. It's just, they're just happened in your head. Well, and so if we might say something like, I'm not even committed to what I said. (laughs) (laughs) But what I would say is when I'm around you guys and you have this wisdom and discernment and you actually take a step in that direction and make a decision from that mm. aligned place, it is profound. So Adam. Mm. Well, I do have another question for him too. <laughs> well, I would just like to, to hear real quickly, like when, when has there been a time in your life that you can think of off the top of your head where you did have the inner committee chiming in, but you were able to ground yourself in and, and get aligned with the truth and then make the hard decision and make a decision, and not necessarily because you were supported by any one person, but because you knew it was the right thing to do. What she's yeah, really that, asking is, Adam, working for a nine and a six, <laughs> when have you not been able to trust our leadership and had to <laughs> lead us? <laughs> I don't know, Adam. When, <laughs> do when do have, yeah, yeah, when have I not had yeah, the clarity? No, that, you know, immediately. The, 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 the low hanging fruit answer for me is the scenario that comes to mind is a few years ago, I was wrestling with a major voc- like career transition out of full-time pastoring, which I had done for 20 years. It was all I had known into joining a team with my friends uh, called your Enneagram coach to take this director of coaching position. And I remember knowing in my gut what I wanted that I wanted to do it. I remember discerning that this is the, this is the right next move for me, for my family. This is what I want. Um, there was so many voices in, in, to, uh, both outside of me and inside of me that was speaking into this. And to your point, um, Beth, about sixes are some of the most discerning people. You know, I don't disagree with that. And I've experienced that even in my own, that's been true in my own experience. The the problem is, as soon as I know what I want, I feel irresponsible if I don't fact check that and triple check that mm-hmm. and quadruple check that 
and I and and think about it. And it's you know people say that sixes on the enneagram are you know some people are ready fire aim, you know, <laughs> and sixes are ready aim 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 <laughs> aim 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 aim. Fire. You, you forgot to breathe. You got to at least. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So double check everything. Uh-huh. Double check everything. Yeah. And uh, but you know I remember um, it was actually my brother-in-law who and a, a phone call with my brother-in-law that really was a, a game changer for me because I had prayed. I had honestly fasted, uh, asked tons of people, you know, mentors and lots of different people, and I was getting competing voices, and I couldn't get a you know. So it wasn't like there was a collective answer from all these mentors. I was actually getting competing uh, advice on this on this whole decision. And my my brother in law just said, and I, and I know this is um, perhaps a violent phrase, but let's just go with everybody is familiar with this metaphor. He said, um, "You know, you're safe with me. You can say anything you want to me." And I said, "Yes." And he said, "Gun to your head. Tell me what you want." And I said, I want to, I want to, I want to work with Beth and Jeff and I want to, you know, that's, this is what I want to do. And the moment I said it out loud was just, uh, so I, I just, I, I have to practice trusting myself, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the only way forward for me is, and I feel like my, my type three part helps me do that. My type mm-hmm. seven wing helps me do that. Let's, 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 let's take risks. And but the seven mm-hmm. part of me wants to jump out of the plane, like wants to take the <laughs> risk, you know? And your nine of and, course is always... I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. The nine is always ready to do the next thing. Let's take yeah. it. Let's do it. We're just Big always risk. out yeah. there doing it. Yeah, I can't keep yeah. up with Beth. Yeah. 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 So, yes, I, but I, I do receive that affirmation of sixes are discerning. Yeah. I notice my gut instincts. Um, and it's just that, that inner committee. So there, there's an inner knowing of what I want, what I need, what the right thing to do is. The inner committee loves to get in the way of that. Um, and I just have to practice silencing those voices and taking taking what I know to be is the right next step. And sometimes I do that. Sometimes the inner committee gets the best of me. Um, but yeah, that's I hope that's a, I hope that answers your well, question. I, I was going to ask a profound question. And, do it. Uh, but I, I want to make sure be mindful of our time because we have the world of a seven to step into yes. here. <laughs> so it was going to be an amazing question. But um, whenever our podcast launches on, it was all a fantasy until it became real. Podcast <laughs> for sixes. Um, you'll have to listen. And when it comes out, because then I'll ask it on the podcast. It'll be our first episode. These two guys, these two guys have like six or seven different podcasts ready to go. Okay. So the world of sevens. Now when sevens are healthy, they can do so many things really well because they're quick, they're creative, they have avid minds, but when they start to struggle, they can overextend themselves with more activities and experiences than that they can actually accomplish. And they fear that, that they're going to see or deal with certain kind of pains, anxieties, inner turmoil, And because of this, they're going to flee outside into an active world of Mm. things that have fun and stimulation and experiences that allow their attention to not go internal, but stay external where all the fun is, at least it is what they're thinking. Now, for sixes, they will fill their minds with all these different exciting options and future plans, again, to avoid those internal anxieties. And their minds become restless and they want to move from one activity to another. And what's amazing with sevens 
is they don't just have one possibility ready. They have multiple possibilities ready. So if they start getting bored in something, oh, they've got plan A through Z ready to go, and they'll just pick what which one is the one that sounds the best right now. And they might slip away and go and do that fun activity because boredom is like kryptonite to them. Um, now, you'll see that they're constantly in forward motion. It's really hard for them to be still and to be quiet and to be alone for any length of time because those internal anxieties and realities start to rise up and they're going to start to feel trapped in facing them. And so they feel desperate to escape. So Casey, um, can you just describe for for yourself what mm-hmm. that feels like the first the internal anxieties what does that feel like when you start to recognize they're there or you're being forced to see it there what is mm-hmm. what does it feel like in your body or in your mind when those mm-hmm. rise up yeah it feels like chaos it feels like there's so many things bouncing around um i'm immediately like you said planning something fun. I have to have things to look forward to when I'm in a moment of heightened anxiety. It almost pulls me back to the present. Like, okay, Friday, I have this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's like chaos. I I resonate a lot with, I think it's in First Kings, Elijah, when, you know, God speaks to him in the whisper because he has all these things coming at him, the hurricanes and the fire. And you think you can hear God in the middle of that. And he's waiting to hear God in the middle of that. And it wasn't until there's silence, like absolute silence, that he hears God's whisper. And I think that's something for me that has really been prevalent in my life. Um, Like I mentioned earlier about my son having an intellectual disability, um, I was in go mode. I was in forward motion, planning all the doctors, um, figuring this out. I was going to have an answer by the end of, you know, the year. I mean, this was when he was very little and I still don't have an answer and he's eight. Um, and it was almost God needed to slow me down so that he could speak to me in those moments because I was just out of control of, of my thinking and of myself, um, trying to research all the possibilities, trying to figure out something that, you know, I could put an answer to. Um, and he ended up waking me up every night at 2 a.m. for six months. And at first I was angry and then I would just get out of bed and I would sit by the side of my bed. And just start praying. And that was when God spoke to me the most. And it was in that silent, wee early hour mornings that he was like, hey, this is the only way I'm going to get your attention because your body is full of chaos, chaotic thoughts all the time. So that's what it feels like for me. And then that's what I do when I want to bring it down. It's almost that be still you mentioned. Um, I have that tattooed on my arm. It's a reminder all the time because it's like, I have to be still. That is something I have to actively and intentionally do. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. 
Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. When others come to you and they they feel that frenetic, chaotic energy from you, Mm -hmm. whether it be a spouse, a friend, a parent, a sibling, uh, how do you receive their initiative when they see that you're anxious, but maybe Mm. you've not recognized it yet? That's a great question. I think I I honestly probably immediately go to defensiveness. Like, I'm not anxious. Mm. What are you talking about? This is, I've got all these things to look forward to. I'm, it's, it's a great day. Everything's great. Kind of like inside. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> like, yes. Well, and actually, that's my the, immediate response. The newest um, Ted Lasso, that's what he was like the whole show. That, like, wait, yeah. So and so said that I have, you know, issues. Do you think? Well, of course you do. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, wait. And then he kept going from person to person, kind of mm-hmm. like, no, you all got it wrong. Let me ask this person. They they can see like everything's perfectly fine until he realized yeah. there there is something going on. There is. I have to and sit with it. Yes. I think that's hard for sevens. Um, it's an immediate knee-jerk reaction to be like, nope, everything's great. Um, and clearly that's not. And it takes a moment for you to kind of come full circle and come back to that thought and be like, oh, everything's not really great. And this is why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, isn't that true for all of the head types? When I think about my own research and study, it's an indicator of something else, although it can be baptized in, oh, no, I'm just doing my research. and just mm-hmm. running out the options. And um, even recently with challenges that we face, I find myself predicting, like preparing for different scenarios in the future. Mm-hmm. None of them are great. Like none, none of them are even good or fine. They're, <laughs> they're just are. <laughs> they are. They're reality. They're right? reality. <laughs> As all six mm-hmm. say. The least preferred options are the only <laughs> options that I have, but I can already find myself doing it. Mm-hmm. And and I also find that, and this gets into our thoughts around the Enneagram internal profile, but the seven part of my heart is also trying to alleviate some of the anxiety. So I'm diving into certain types of literature in preparation for a book. I'm also trying to have fun by planting mm-hmm. uh, crawfish broils, as my wife calls them. Yeah. Um, this, can you imagine Wrong an oven big method, enough everyone. to broil that with 60 pounds of crawfish? Cr- cr- Wrong cooking method. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to start a fire. Be cooked for sure. Um, but all of that is online now, and it could be, you know, it feels okay to me, but actually the nexus behind it is anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just curious, uh, Casey, do you feel it as anxiety? Yeah, I, I don't. And that's the weird thing. When you say anxiety, like I, for a long time, I was like, I, I don't really resonate with anxiety being a struggle. It's it's mm-hmm. fear. It's yeah. fear of um, the unknowns. It's fear of pain. And, and missing out? And missing out completely. Fear of missing out. Um but my my emotions are always stemmed from the fear of something. And I think for me personally, it's it's always pain. Like I don't want to feel any pain um, relationally in any way at all. I mean, as a mom, you know, and your kids, I mean, 
there's a million things every day that we can have and feel pain. Um, and for seven, that that is absolutely my, my greatest fear. I don't see it quite as anxiety because that looks differently to me. I don't know. It's like an anxiousness. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have that. I just have. And I think a lot of sevens actually agree with that, especially I would say mm-hmm. sevens with eight wings. You know, mm-hmm. I think sevens with, I mean, we all have both wings, but ones that experience more of the six wing, I think they can feel the anxiety more yeah. physically. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think for you as a seven who leans heavy, more heavily into the eight might not actually feel the physical anxiety, but the fear is there, the mental yeah. like, oh, that that's not going to be a place I want to go. So I'm going right. to jump out over here into a much more happy. And that's the thing yeah. that's so amazing about sevens is the resilience of sevens. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a big difference that you can like when people are like, am I a three or am I a seven? Mm-hmm. Well, threes, there is absolute failure. And sevens, yeah. it's like, no, it's just a new opportunity. You oh, know? yeah. Like, like there's there's a million things we can do with this failure. Like, let's yeah. try something else. And um, that so that resilience that the sevens have is really remarkable. And I think, I hope that I'm what- I'm just curious, Adam. <laughs> um, do you ever think about things, mistakes being opportunities? <laughs> or like, I had a number of ways that I knew I was going to fail and I slipped into opportunity. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't stumble into opportunity. No, that's not. That's not the first first place my mind goes. No, I'm assuming that's not no. what you're thinking, Jeff. Oh, I mean, I only think about the mistakes. Yeah, yeah, only and I'm in trouble. Mistakes. I'm in trouble. I've, I've I've compromised the team. I've compromised the fam. I'm, this is bad. It's good. Yeah, the mistakes. I, I seriously had a pastor one time tell me because um, it just church inner workings and conflict and. I said, I'm, I think I'm the reason why this church isn't growing. And this great older veteran pastor said, you're not that important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was so comforting my heart. Like, thank you. It's yeah. not that bad. It's not just on you. Um, yeah. So I, you know, when, when I think about the head triad, you know, and how, you guys are operate. I think the one thing that a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here sounds very negative, but we also really want to show the beauty of how God has put us in these different <laughs> categories to operate out of. And yes, we want to be mindful of how mm-hmm. we can, you know, go down a, a slippery slope and in, in, into areas that are not helpful. But you guys are able to bring such wisdom and insight from thinking things through and being very mindful and gaining. Um, whether it's gaining knowledge, gaining wisdom, gaining guidance, um, experiences. And so I just want to, I want everyone that's listening to not just hear this podcast as we're putting the head triad down, we're highlighting, yes, certain things that can trip you guys up, but man, you Mm -hmm. have so much to offer and we're so thankful for what you guys have to offer us. It is great to hear. I mean, uh, we, we hear about the stereotypes and the different descriptions of each of the different types, but to actually hear from your story about how it shows up in your life, how we can love and serve those uh, different numbers that we have relationships with. So you, you're a real gift, and we're, we're incredibly grateful. Well, could you guys just tell us where people can find you? They might be interested in having a type five coach or a seven coach or a six coach. Can you yeah. tell us uh, where they can find you? We'll start with uh, Renee. Okay, Sure. So my website is findingmechristiancoaching.com, and I'm on Instagram with that same handle, findingmechristiancoaching. 
and um, there's resources on my website that you guys can check out. And I would love to have a real conversation with anyone who's interested in checking out Enneagram coaching. That's awesome. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. So go to the, go to our wonderful worldwide directory, my where you'll find a, a lot of amazing coaches uh, uh, if you're looking for coaching, but you can also uh, find me and are listed in our directory. Um, or you can just, you can find me on Facebook you can find me on Instagram, or you can always shoot me an email at Adam at your Great. And then Casey, what about you? Yeah, my website is thejoyfulwild.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at Casey Eldridge Brennan. And um, yeah, I love helping people. I love working with groups. Groups are my favorite. Oh. And did you say the joyful Fun. and the, wild? The joyful wild. Joyful, joyful wild. wild. Joyful wild. I, I like it. It's a very That's seven Enneagram epic. name. <laughs> Nailed yes, it. Yes, Absolutely. It <laughs> I love Who it. wouldn't want a coach like that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, I don't. I mean, people would call Adam and I, Adam and I, wild. But I don't know if people would say yeah. it's joyful. <laughs> definitely wild. Definitely, yeah, wild. definitely wild. Oh man. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your insights, your experiences, and being a part of the Head Triad, and just giving an insight for everyone to understand what it's like uh, for a five, six, and seven to be a part of the Head Triad. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having me.